And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. to episode 11 of Down on the Docks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my name's Chris Neff. Uh, I'm joined as always by my friend and comedian, Dustin Torres. How you doing, buddy? Wonderful. Episode 11. Let's do it. Yep. And of course, there's no show without our open micer extraordinaire producer, Dave Sarah. How you doing, buddy? Hello. That's what we like to hear. Uh, guys, if you're new to the show um, and you discovered us, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Give us the old subscription, uh, maybe a thumbs up on uh, Spotify, Google Play. Where else can they find us, Dave? Pretty much anywhere you can find your premier podcast. Yeah, what about our Discord? That thing's been popping lately. It's been popping off. We're getting there, dude. Yeah. Um, My MySpace is... You can, uh, how's your MySpace? It's, it's popping right we now. We need to bring MySpace back. No, we don't. Yeah, and, we do. uh, we could buy course, it, dude. Let's buy it. Of course, if you want to reach out to us directly, email us at downonthedockspod at gmail.com. My cell phone number is... Instagram handle is also down on the docks pod and uh, same thing with Twitter. So guys, uh, interesting episode. This is uh, this is a drug dealing escapade. You ready Love for that? It. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. This is called The Legend of Cocaine Island. Uh, came out in 2019. It was on Netflix. I'd seen it before and then I realized, oh wait, this would be perfect. We need to revisit this podcast. It was directed by uh, a gentleman by the name of Theo Love. Um, Theo love cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. And yes, I do. So over black, we hear a gentleman mumbling that, and I'm going to try, I'll do a little bit of him. He's like, man, I need to be, I, I, I got to be in disguise before I, <laughs> I've met this guy before I sit down for an interview. And then, um, the camera reveals this shady looking character and he's walking into a bar. He's got a cowboy hat, sunglasses, and then he says this. Let me put it this way, man. If you knew where two million was buried, wouldn't you go dig it up? Yeah, wouldn't you okay. just go dig it up? And he's tweaking, man. Of course. So right away, we're Grinding. like, what? Yeah, everything. He's actually a rocker. Ooh, you ever um, see the rockers? Yeah. I, I know about that. Bill Gates. Yeah, so he's just rocking away. And then he answers his own question and says, fuck yeah, I would. Of course I'd dig it up. I did it one time. I'd dig uh, 500 bucks out of Dave's ass right now. <laughs> if I had it up there. Yeah. yeah. I, keep it, uh, I keep it in the bank, sir. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, Trust bank me. of Dave's ass. <laughs> Trust me. He's way too tight. You're never going to get Thanks for that. Thank you so All much. Right. Davy Jones locker, huh? All right. So here's Davy's butt locker. Here's the thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. I got one in there finally. Bring him down. Zinger. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. Uh, we uh, we were introduced to a town by the name of Archer, Florida, and specifically a man by the name of Russell, who says everyone has a story to tell. Finally, a normal name. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he describes Archer, Florida, as it's not the end of the world, but we certainly can see it from here. <laughs> Flat Earth, yeah. Yeah. Yes, so yes. Archer, Florida, is a small town just southwest of Gainesville. Um, so. 
uh, Russell tells us about a man named Julian. Uh, he's older. He's a hippie. He does a lot of walking around on the beach with a stick. And apparently, he has one hell of a story to tell. He then says, you all know the difference between a northern fairy tale and a southern fairy tale? Huh. He says, well, a northern fairy tale starts off with once upon a time. Mm. A southern fairy tale starts oh. off with... You all ain't going to believe this <laughs> shit. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. So then we uh, see an island by the name of Calabra. Um, it's off the coast of Puerto Rico. And it says 15 years to maybe 20 years ago. Nobody's uh, really sure. Okay. Calabra is, a, like I said, it's a tiny little island off the east coast of Puerto Rico. And Russell says... He's heard this story so many times he can repeat it verbatim. But before he tells the story, the titles flash up that read, we can't verify any of this information. That's okay. Okay. So you know how they're like, this is based on a true story? Yeah, sure. They're kind of like, see, mm, we don't know. This is what I'm worried about with the word documentaries are, have been headed for the past yeah. almost 10 years. Is they, that they've either been PR pieces or they've been just scripted. Yeah. Just stories. Yep. Well, that's the great thing about this show is you guys can all decide. Great. So according to this legend and according to Julian, he was living on this small island. And one day, a suitcase washed up on the beach and he opened it up to find a midget massive bag of coke. Ah, uh, that would have been great. Okay. Now, at the time, <laughs> wait, wait, well, hold on. But at the time, just to back up, <laughs> he and his wife. They owned a turtle research area. Ooh, fuck the turtle business. Dude. I just found some blow. Yeah. Okay, hold the fuck up. Yeah. First you, first things first. You got a question. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. But really, this is some kind of operation already, dude. Here we okay. go. Come on. Watch God up damn it. Fucking what this we, Turtle Dave. operation, dude. What did we tell you about uh, conspiracy? They're real okay, turtles, Dave. Okay, they're real okay. turtles with real I'm eggs. I'm listening. Okay. I'm listening. Okay. So the whole point is he weighs this thing. And it was over 70 pounds or approximately 36 kilograms. Julian says, that's a lot of million dollars. <laughs> it's a lot of million dollars. <laughs> yep, it's yeah, a lot of a, million dollars. A lot of, yeah. So his idea is to flip it for cash. But he's married to the turtle researcher. And he doesn't want to take it to the cops because in this small town, he says, everybody's dirty. The chicks that are into turtles normally don't sell or do blow. I've noticed that. Like, Okay, now we're developing. Okay, you're kidding. Not, so if everybody's dirty, I can see how it can wash up on shore then. Okay. Right. So uh, he decides to bury it. Ooh. He also ended up digging it up and reburying it several times. It's the curse yeah. of Oak Island. Yeah, <laughs> it's like no one's ever going to find anything. Just keep digging. Yeah. Uh, and he's paranoid because this is a very small island. And he's afraid that somebody's going to find it. So he literally digs this up and reburies it like half a dozen times. And the problem is he can't find a buyer anywhere. So one day he just says, the hell with it. I'm moving back to Florida, and he just leaves it there. Okay? I think he took some with him. I mean, I think he would probably do a bump just to make sure it's legit. I know I would. I know I would do like um, six or something. Yeah. <laughs> he calls himself an eternal optimist. But he's kind of got this yogi-esque vibe about him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he lives like 
you know, off the grid. Sure. You know, he's kind of his own man. Sure. Um, but like this guy, first of all, what does he look, what does he describe him to me? Like he's graying hair, probably seventies. Uh, definitely, you know, seen some shit. Ex hippie. Just think like, like long beard. Yeah. Not terribly long hair though. Long hair. Down to his shoulders. So next we meet, uh, a man named Rodney T. Hyden. Now he's going to be the basis of this story. Uh, at the time, Keep in mind, this is 10, 15 years ago. Um, he is the president of a company called BH Builders. He's a small, you know, business owner. He's in his mid-40s. He's very heavy set, uh, but extremely likable. And he's got a great sense of humor. He's a general contractor. And basically, he builds houses. He does contracts. Uh, he actually got himself, uh, got himself uh, some contracts with uh, the University of Florida. Mm. So he's doing very well in business. Now, the problem is, this is the early 2000s. Everybody's making money. And he's got toys. He's got the Harley. He's got the vet. He's got a boat. He's got jet skis. He's got four-wheelers. And he's having a great life. But then 2008 comes, mm-hmm. and the recession hits, and uh, he gets wiped out. Yeah. Okay? Like so many others. Yeah. We also meet his wife, Jamie. And she says she's always looking for uh, a great life. And she was happy and content being married to Rodney. And their marriage was never boring, but she yearned for a better life. So her goal during this time was she really wanted to live in this upscale neighborhood called the Hammock. Sounds cozy, but there's no way Rodney was fitting in that hammock. <laughs> big dude. He's nice, but yeah. not fitting many, in a hammock, dude. Wait, how many how many pounds are we talking here? Three seventy five. Oh, three fifty. Okay. Well, yeah. you didn't mention that. Jesus well, I said Christ. he's a heavy set guy. Yeah, okay. Nice so, guy though. So they quickly get yes, in over no hammocks. Their, they get in over their head though. They buy too much material things and you know, they buy the big house in the hammock. And once the market crashes, they lose everything. Jesus. So they had to move out of the hammock, sell everything, okay? Time to get the triple beam out. (laughs) (laughs) I got that joke. I mean, if you want to get your four-wheelers back and your jet skis, I mean, you see where this is going, right? It's all a dream. (laughs) So according to Rodney, they're over a million dollars in debt. And he feels disappointed. He has to tell his wife this. And, you know, he feels like a failure. Sure. So they downsize and they buy a piece of property, like 40 acres, and um, which shocks me that that's downsizing. <laughs> Apparently land in, in the Everglades is pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they drop a double wide on it. Oh, of course they do. Yeah. So Jamie actually gets teared up and crying uh, about how traumatic this experience was. You know, it started out as going to be a two-year plan. Uh, then it turned into a four-year plan. Then it's six. Yeah. Then it's eight. Then it's ten. <laughs> and then she's like, "I used to live in a thirty-six hundred square fa- uh, f- foot home, and now I live in a shitty double wide, and I park my car in sand." <laughs> you know, you should be so lucky. Yeah. So, anyway, the farm's a little bit run down, but this is where he first hears the legend of Cocaine Island. Mm. So, according to Rodney, there's like zero social life in this small town. So what he does is he starts throwing backyard parties and like the whole town shows up and, oh, you know, cool. they hang out, they get drunk and they yeah. get high and they sit around the fire and tell stories. So one day Julian walks in with his stick, you know, cause he's always got a staff, you know, he's walking around and he tells them the legend of the buried cocaine. 
Now, Russell's initial idea was to get a submarine to go out and get it. Yeah, just go to the submarine store. Yeah. I'm sure there's one in the fucking Everglades. Like, look, can you can I trade? Can I use this double wide as collateral? Like, yeah, just to get Dude. this submarine going. My wife uh, hates it, but hold up though, we got to yeah. talk about a pontoon double wide right now. What's that's that? not a bad idea. Dude. That's a great idea. Fucking Floating house floating with a around the, the glades all day. Yeah. Yep. So Rodney becomes obsessed with this. And he's fantasizing about how he can get it. And um, it's all he could think about. I mean, he is literally thinking about blow around the clock. <laughs> Aren't <laughs> so, we all? Yeah. Like, like is, is this guy doing and using drugs at no, this time? No, 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 no. He doesn't even do cocaine. Oh. He'll smoke a doobie. Yeah. yeah. He'll smoke yeah. a doobie. Yeah. He'll, He'll drink a warm course light, but he's not doing blow. <laughs> Right. But then why? So he just gets the hankering for it. He just wants to, because it's so much of it. Like he just knows it's two million dollars. He wants the money. Is yeah, what he wants. and yeah. he wants his old life back. He wants to get the hammock back for yeah. Jamie. Mm -hmm. So according to Rodney's daughter, and while they're yeah. showing all this and talking mm -hmm. about this guy, what are they showing? Like, do they ever show anything remotely? They like, show the double wide. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they? You know what, what do you want to see, Dave? I don't understand. I mean, Dave. Here's no what they show. There's no picture of like. Dave, here's what they show. They show him sitting in a parking lot. Lounger, chewing snuff and spitting it into a Gatorade bottle. Yeah, doing a big okay. fat fucking dip of Kodiak. Yeah, he's not exactly happy with his life. So according to Rodney's daughter, her name's Emily, Rodney has a problem picking up strays. Dogs are hookers because <laughs> you see him talk to a couple of hookers. Anyway, just we'll, we'll figure it out. So uh, his pension is he's a good guy, but he's trying to help out the downtrodden, downtrodden in his neighborhood and, and to rehabilitate their lives. So his current stray is a guy named Andy. Now, Andy is the tweaker I was talking about in the beginning of the show. Okay. The rocker. Sure. You the know? rocker. Yeah, the yeah, guy the that physical physically rocked. Rock. Oh, yeah. rock. This guy could not pick up a guitar. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Did he have long hair, though? Yeah. Uh, he's halfway there. Yeah. Anyways, according to Rodney, he took a liking to Andy because not only was a good dude, but he always had good pot. I'd like him, too. Yeah. <laughs> so... Andy. Oh, friend indeed is a friend with weed. Right. What is this, The Grateful Dead? No, I don't remember the name of the song. <laughs> but it's not Grateful Dead. Okay. It's like placebo or some shit. Anywho, there's only one big problem. Andy happens to be an opium addict. Okay? And um, he, he tweaks all the time. And like I said, he's got this addiction. And that's the big hindrance to, you know, him being a good partner for Rodney right. as well as, you know, not dying because he's sure. Here's my, thing. how old is this guy right now? Are you talking he's about? like in his thirties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. cracked out. But here's my question. See, this, is, this is kind of an aside. I've only seen opium once in my life. Have you guys okay. ever done opium? Uh, a lot. Uh, I mean, I've really? taken Vicodins. Yep. What's the difference between opium and heroin? Not much. I've done heroin. It's amazing. I but I did it one time. That's how good it was. I've never okay. done heroin, but the Vicodin is very similar to whatever opium is, except you smoke it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, Andy, sa Andy says, I do drugs, but I don't have a drug problem. He's a responsible mm. opium user. Yeah, which is clearly bullshit. They're out right. there. So anyway, Rodney decides to hire him for 10 bucks an hour to do odd jobs. Pretty good. Okay. He's a shit worker. Oh. So Rodney just uses him as like an errand boy. Okay. He's like, go get me a, a can of Kodiak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So one day, Andy breaks down the math and he says the cocaine is worth $2 million wholesale. 
Then he tries to break down the math on the street value of the cocaine. <laughs> oh, God. But he cannot figure it out. Of course he can Yeah, can't. he's like, that's a lot of money. And uh, clearly trying to work on the opium to cocaine conversion chart because he's literally trying to figure out how much pills and you could like trade for cocaine. Yeah, but oh he, he just, my God. He just Look, mumbles. A bartering yeah. system. Yeah. yeah, but he's just a mumbling. A hobo bartering fuck. system. But yeah. anyway. Uh, Ro- hobo bartering. According to Rodney, Andy has this friend who goes by the name of D. Danny the Cuban. Okay. okay. <laughs> I know. And Andy. I want to know his brother F. Danny the Ken, whatever. Right. Anyway, Andy introduces D. Danny the Cuban to Rodney. Cuban. And D. Danny the Cuban says, Hey, I can help you with this story, man. That yeah. was really what's funny. He was like, I can help you with this story. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. So we actually meet D. Danny the Cuban. Ooh. Okay. Now he's, he's got, a, he also has a bullshit story. Oh, well, and wait till you see, hear about <laughs> how he disguises himself. Oh, great. So we meet D, <laughs> D. Danny the Cuban in a bar and he's shooting pool and he's wearing a mask. It's a bandana that goes around his face. Sweet. So it's up to his eyeballs. Sweet. But the mask is a picture of a skeleton's face perfect the skeleton mask face right guy for the job already like dude hired not douchey at all so he claims he's been a criminal his whole life and he can do anything so um he says he's been in and out of prison since he was a kid and then he claims prison is basically school for criminals you know he also it's very true he also says you have to have a good marketing plan to sell cocaine now he also true he thinks he was a current genius drug marketer mm-hmm. because he said, you know, most people around here sold half grams for 20. But what I did that changed the game is I would sell my half grams for 15 so they'd have an extra $5 to buy a pack of cigarettes. Brilliant. Perfect. Listen, we, you know, if you do blow, you're going to have to have cigarettes. So I really, really, it. it's pretty smart. Yep. Uh, he also says drug dealing is a great business as long as you follow the rules. He's yeah. right. Everybody read. <laughs> <laughs> read the drug book like, yeah. the 10 crack commandments yeah. one you don't, don't get them. into the game without reading drug dealing for dummies that's right right so d danny the cuban approaches rodney and says dude let's just go to puerto rico and dig up the cocaine and rodney he's skeptical and says well i don't really know d danny the cuban and i've never bought pot from him so like, I don't know where this is going. Well, that's because D. Daniel Cuban sells the old half gram bag <laughs> so you can fucking get some cigarettes with it and have a good time. Well, Rodney says, yeah, I might as well talk to him. Now, keep in mind, D. Danny the Cuban, he's still wearing the skull face mask hiding his face. Yeah, we need to make something clear here, by the way. I don't think we... Yeah. D. Danny the Cuban, okay, he has a bandana around his face that looks like a skeleton mask. Yeah. Like the movie The, the Town. So it's like, did right. you just walk into this guy's office like, hey, uh, I need to talk to you about this? Well, and that's where it's a, the documentary is a little confusing because you don't really know if D. Danny the Cuban was wearing the mask for the documentary or for like the flashback when they hear him talking. So we weren't exactly sure about that. Hmm. So anyway, um, Rodney's biggest concern is that after they find the cocaine, how the fuck are they going to move it? And D. Danny the Cuban says, oh, that's no problem. That's what I specialize Uh-oh. in. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of blow. So you can't be selling your little fucking half a gram and yeah. cigarette deals with that shit. You need to like really fucking take care of it. Yeah, man. You gotta like you gotta create or meet a cartel essentially. Yeah. Well, that's what's about to happen. Oh fuck my life right now. Yep. So Rodney is excited because he. I'm believes, excited. He believes D. Danny the Cuban might be able to find that cartel connection. So he goes home. 
to do research. <laughs> and okay. the first thing he just types in <laughs> yeah. in Google is oh, cocaine. God. The word cocaine. That's it. <laughs> Did fucking Elton, uh, what's his name, come up? No, it literally said, um, he, fuck, he, presses, he presses the I'm feeling lucky button. What's so, that? Dude? What's not? Uh, who's the, the guitarist that sang that song? Uh, cocaine. Uh, uh, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. Fuck. Did Eric Clapton, Clapton. come up? No. Eric Clapton. They don't even show what comes up. The point is, they're just showing how incompetent Rodney is in yeah. this whole process. Got it. So anyway, uh, D. Danny the Cuban explained to Rodney that look, man, we're sitting on a gold mine because we don't just have seventy pounds of cocaine, but after we cut it. We're going to have 140 pounds of cocaine. Wow. Sounds like a good deal for old D. Danny Cuban. I mean, because I think he's moving up from selling fucking half grams for a pack of cigarettes <laughs> to selling a kilo. So he's gonna, what he's going to do with a kilo? He's going to like give a fucking carton of cigarettes with it? Yeah, that's pretty much, I think, his long-term plan. It's a good deal. Anyway, D. Danny the Cuban breaks it down to Rodney and says, Look, you can't just bring in 70 pounds from Puerto Rico without help. You need to get organized. And luckily, like I was mentioning before, D. Danny the Cuban says... I happen to know a professional drug smuggler hmm. who just happens to be Puerto Rican. Ooh. And his name is Carlos. He goes by oh. C. Carlos the Puerto Rican. No, the letter L. Carlos the Puerto Rican. L. Carlos the Puerto Rican. Why are all these fucking guys? <laughs> anyway, D. Danny the Cuban says he has his own plane. And Rodney says, well, shit, I'll just go meet with him. What could have hurt? So he goes up to Tampa and he meets this Carlos character in a bar. And... He's excited because he's like, man, you wouldn't believe Carlos. He looks just like the drug dealers you see in the movies. Oh, God. Yeah. He's like, he had alligator boots on oh, and a matching alligator belt. And he's like, sounds like a drug dealer to me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, yeah. But he's like, he's like, I got to be honest with you, man. He reminded me of Tony Montana from Scarface. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's got bit. a country accent to his Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of doing better now than bringing yeah. in the accent. Yeah. So, you know, Rodney, he's like sitting down with him. He orders or a margarita, no salt. Good. Uh, he's probably watching the sodium intake. Yeah. And meanwhile, Carlos proceeds to drink five shots of tequila. And then the waitress brings over the bottle of tequila and just leaves it on the table. And Rodney's blown away. He says, man, this is like the goddamn movies. He's like, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, he's before. like, never had fucking bottle service. He's like, I, I can't believe <laughs> this service. shit. <laughs> so then... During this exchange, Carlos hands Rodney his business card that reads Carlos Private Air. Yeah, huh. it should it, it, it's just like Carlos the Coke dealer. Yeah, I mean, huh. you're not going to. Ah, Private Coke. Air, I get it. I was like, mm -hmm. what? Private Air? Oh, I see. Well, and Rodney says, well, here's Smuggle the deal. Smuggle your shit, baby. He says, basically, here's your problem. You can't just go down and fly there and, you know, bring it back. So he goes, what we'll do is this. I will fly down with you. And then bring it back. And Rodney says, deal, man. And he says, well, if you're just going to fly down there, I'll go down there in the same plane with you. And Carlos says, no, 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 no. That's not how it works, dude. Um, by the way, you'll never even see my tail number. That sounds like standard operating uh, drug dealing business. To I me. agree. I agree. So uh, Rodney claims he's getting excited because he says, man, I was talking on that drug dealer smack. <laughs> he goes, I was even calling him keys. Instead of kilos. <laughs> oh, he was a, no, he was yeah, he was blending in well. You could yeah. tell. And he started looking up uh, slang for cocaine on yeah. Google now. Yeah, but he like thinks Carlos is jit, legit because he's like Carlos even referred to him as turtle eggs. Yeah. Give me two taquitos. You know, turtle eggs. Let me get a couple turtle eggs, which is smart. <laughs> so they come up with this plan. The plan is for Rodney to go down to Puerto Rico first, 
okay? He's going to find the cocaine, and then he's going to call Carlos to come pick it up, and then Carlos will fly it back to the United States, but Carlos's fee is going to be four kilos, okay? They have a pilot. They have a plan. It's Puerto Rico time, all right? Now, here's my thought while I was watching this, and I may I may be wrong on this. I'd like a key bump. <laughs> does cocaine go bad after 20 nope, years? Nope, it does not go bad. You're positive. 100%. I, mean, I don't think it'll go bad, but okay. I, I'm sure something happens. You know the only bad it. thing about it is you don't find it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something could. I'm sure there's something that happens to it. Have you guys ever dealt drugs? I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Did you ever get caught? Nope. Did you ever get com- close to coming caught? No. Pretty good at it, actually. Except for that one time you put your name. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, I used the... an email. No, so I, I put an email address on this bag that we were shipping over. Anyway. Yeah. This was a, I was young. Federal indictment. Fucked up. You Nothing put, happened. Didn't you put your phone good. number on it, too? No, I didn't. Good. I never would. No, okay. no, it was a fake email address, but you have to have an email address okay. for mm. the shipment. I dealt just, drugs one time. And I was a, a, a C, no, I was a freshman in college, and my brother. Drug, general drugs, drugs. No, I mean big uh, quantity. Oh, oh. So, a, with what kind of drug? Marijuana. Oh, okay, cool. So my brother, he had a connection with the cartels in Mexico, and he was sitting on a hundred pounds of pot at the time, and he couldn't move it. Same situation that these guys are in, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, can I come out and stay with you?" And I'm keep in mind, I'm a freshman in college, and I'm like, "Yeah, come on out." So he comes out and he brings 10 pounds of pot and puts it in my dorm room. And being the idiot that I am, I'm like, oh, sweet, we'll sell this. Now, keep in mind, I got like, you know, my future ahead of me. Sure. And guess who's above me? Living above me is the residential director. Uh, Now, I did not know this at the time. Right. So what I did is I got all the RAs. You know what an RA is? Yeah, resident assistant. Yeah, I got them, put them all on the payroll and was giving them like, you know, Dime bags. Dime bags to keep their mouth shut. (laughs) And then one night I get this phone call like 2 a.m. And they're like, you need to get that pot out of your dorm room now because they're coming for you. How how many, how long was it going on for? Like a month or two. Okay. So in the dead of winter, I grabbed 10 pounds of pot. Yeah. And I, which is not really. You didn't sell 10 pounds. You didn't sell any of it. (laughs) Dude, we were were moving eights. Okay. okay. And the the worst part is it was Mexican swag. Yeah. And it was brick weed. We did not have any happy customers. Yeah, of course. The whole point is I got this call and they were like, get that pot out of your dorm room now. So I had a window that faced the street into. Uh, you know, like New York, just the street in New York City. Did a so window sale. I literally <laughs> threw 10 pounds of pot out the window <laughs> and my brother was down there and he caught it. <laughs> and I was like, thank God. That's they amazing. Cannot, they cannot pin this on me now. So who's they were coming up? Oh, who? Somebody, somebody narfed somebody, on me. Somebody tipped off and yeah. like the, the RD was coming now. Well, the rumor was they heard us talking in the vents. Oh, God. And the residential director lived right above me. But I think somebody ratted me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, I they came in, they were trying to find it, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking Next about. Next time you do this, listen, you should fuck the RA. I did fuck the RA. Oh, you fucked her? Yeah. Oh, my One God. Of them. And her name was Rochelle. I still remember her name. There was a girl and a guy or two girls? There was a girl. I did have a guy, Chris, on the payroll as well, too, though. Okay. So You got to hook Chris up next time. Give him a hand job. Then they'll never call the cops. All right. Let's get back to Rodney and his stray. <laughs> Thank God. So Rodney and his stray, you remember his name is Andy. He's the opium addict. 
Yeah. So he gets on a commercial flight with Rodney and they fly to Orlando, from Orlando to San Juan, Puerto Rico. But see, then they have to take a puddle jumper to this tiny little neighboring island. What's a puddle jumper? A small plane. Oh, God. Yeah. It's not a racial the term. One where every- <laughs> <laughs> I can ima- I'm imagining the type right yeah, now. Yeah. So, uh, but, but hold on. The- yeah. That's the one that everybody dies in. It is. And it's now the here's the best trays in them and shit. They have the flight from hell. All right. Sure. They're just grateful that they landed. And Andy is puking the entire time. Oh, okay. from a plane flight? No, not from the plane oh, flight. Oh, oh. Because he forgot his um, Suboxone oh, and his God. Methadone. Oh, no. And he's trying to kick the opium. Of course he is. So here's my point. You don't bring... A ten dollar an hour employee that's got tweak body and trying to kick opium on your drug searching mission. Yeah. It would be fun though. I mean, you know the guy knows how to have a good time. So anyway, the bit first night, um, uh, Rodney says, "Let's celebrate, man!" And he takes Andy out to this big lobster dinner, and Andy is so fucked up. He thinks the lobster is four feet long. That's the biggest lobster I've ever heard of. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, what is this guy on? Acid. Yeah, it's what it felt like. You (laughs) have to be. Dude, the lobster was four feet tall. Andy's really worried that he's not going to be able to finish the lobster, and he's going to offend Rodney. That's, like, his whole thing. So, anyway, they get back to the hotel, and Andy can't stop puking. Then Rodney realizes he's throwing up because, you know, he forgot his kicking it. Yeah. I thought it was from the four-foot lobster. (laughs) So Rodney's... (laughs) pissed just furious and he's like i gotta go do this thing on my own that's so, what you get though when you hire a fucking opium head for 10 bucks an hour like you said i mean what do you expect you get any eight, any eight a four foot lobster yeah. <laughs> so anyway it's basically the same thing hiring dave on a saturday to record this podcast <laughs> what was it buyer beware <laughs> yeah, buyer beware yeah, right. not, yeah, dude. yeah li- you know what you're getting man you're, no <laughs> you're playing russian roulette saturday you might- you, Saturday? Yeah. Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. You, you might get baked Dave. Baked Dave. You might Saturday. get drunk Dave. Oof, you might get Dave. Coke Dave. You might get. You might hit the trifecta dude, and get all three Daves. That's a lot of Saturdays, by the way. Hopefully. Yeah. So anyway. And here's most the, Fridays. Here's a problem. They didn't plan this well at all. So they don't exactly have a treasure map. All right. Before they left, Rodney went to Julian. They get on Google Maps. And uh, Julian points to him. He's like, that's my trailer. Six feet away from it. This is where I dug it. And that's where you're going to find the cocaine. So Rodney rents a Jeep. They drive to the location where Julian told him his trailer was. But the problem is there's no trailer. Okay. Okay. Rise. They're guesstimating now. Yeah. So he calls up. Oh, boy. He calls up Julian and says, Julian, I'm right here. And there's no trailer. And Julian says, do you see a fishing game office? He's like, yep. He's like, do you see a cistern? And he says, yep. And he goes, well, I'm right in the middle. And he's like, well, so am I. And your trailer's gone. So then he finds a place to dig. But then he realizes he didn't bring a shovel. Or a Coke finder. (laughs) More importantly, there's no Walmart. Can I I buy a Coke finder? There's no mom and pop hardware stores (laughs) in Puerto Rico. So this town, just to give you, or this island, there's only 1,700 people on it. Okay? It's literally seven miles by five miles long it's cool. not a very big place sure so rodney says fuck it we're going home um he's got his fucked up stray andy he's dealing with and of course he didn't bring the fucking shovel which is would be a little sketchy you know um to put a shovel on a plane yeah so yeah 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 bad news so they fly home and as soon as they get home d danning the cuban 
is fucking hitting them up and saying, you guys are dumb fucks. You don't know how to deal drugs. Oh, you're failures. Aggressive. Yeah, he was kind of a dick. So um, Rodney decides to come up with a better plan. So he meets up with Julian again. And this time they print out the Google Earth pictures. Okay. And Julian literally marks an Sick. X. Sick. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> marks an X. And guess Brilliant. what? Brilliant. He brings Andy again. That's not sketchy at all. It's like, hey, I got this tweaker here and a fucking treasure map. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Dude, this is a fucking trailer trash treasure map. Yeah, like, yep. what the fuck? But he does bring the shovel. That's well, right. yeah. Okay. So they drive out to the spot. Uh, now, keep in mind, they got to do this whole thing over again. The, yeah. The, the puddle jumper. Yeah, the puddle jumper. <laughs> the regular flight from Orlando to fuck me. Puerto Rico. And they, they, they pull out the X marks to spot map, and they start digging. And in five minutes, they're dripping in sweat. I can't believe a fat guy and a drug addict couldn't dig. Like I would, yeah. I'd put my money on them. They can't make any progress because the ground is too hard. Hmm. So Rodney's like, the only way we're going to dig this up is with a backhoe. So they say, fuck it, and they go home again. <laughs> <laughs> now, are they getting fucked up during this whole time? It's funny you should ask. Yeah. Because before they go... Uh, Andy's like, I just want to get a bag of pot and get baked. So yeah. they find some shitty pot like the kind yeah. I used to deal yeah. and got yeah. baked and then they got on the plane. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, let's so, get you slower. <laughs> oh, man. Here's where it gets bad. On the way home, after they get off the pedal jumper and they get to San Juan, there are drug-sniffing dogs and custom agents everywhere. And there are just like 12 people on the plane. So they're going through each and everyone's bags. And, and like, he's got Oxy up his ass. He's just like, what the fuck is about to happen? The point is, they're like, we just dodged the biggest bullet in our lives by not finding this cocaine. So back in Florida, Rodney's dejected. He's done with the treasure hunt. But Carlos, you remember Carlos? Yes. Uh, Air Carlos? Hey, he's, Car bl he's blowing Carlos. up their phone. And See Carlos, whatever? No, 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 no. No, that's D. Danny the Cuban. Uh, D. Danny this is Cuban. C. Carlos the Puerto Rican. C. Carlos. And by the way, isn't it is alligator it like, belt? C. Like yes, yes. So anyway, uh, he's he's ignoring him. He's blowing him off. And Carlos says, "Look, man, I have a new plan. This I can solve all this." He goes, "Don't forget, I'm Puerto Rican, man. I could go down there myself with my yacht." Okay, Take barely an barely an American. <laughs> barely barely American. American. He's, a, he's a territorian American. Yeah. Exactly. Extraterritorial. So, so he says, I can go take the yacht, just park it right off where it is. I've seen the map. I'll dig it up and I'll bring it back. But this time, mm. my price is going up from four kilos to eight kilos. Oh, that's a big jump. Yeah. Well, Rodney says this. Well, shit, man, this just got so much easier. Yeah. He goes, I had an easy plan. But now I got an even easier plan. I don't have to do shit. Win, yeah. win, winning. <laughs> except yeah. assume, except assume this Rodney guy's gonna come back with all your coke. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I, I would rip somebody off if they had a treasure map. What is this, the Goonies? Well, it's funny you mention that because D D Danny the Cuban later on, he says, I would have fucking done more than ripped him off. He said, if he came back, I would have fucking killed him. Jesus. You know? Uh so anyway. Yeah. Never trust a guy with a fucking skull mask on. It's just, I've always said that. But Rodney says to Carlos, he goes, well, how can I trust you? And Carlos says, I wouldn't be a very good businessman if I wasn't honest. And Rodney's like, good point. Oh, yeah, great point. <laughs> so, yeah, I got snake boots. So he gives him the map. Rodney, yeah, I, thought, I guess that's what the snake thought, too. <laughs> yeah, Rodney gives him the map, and then Carlos disappears. And he hasn't seen him for a long time. And he's like, he fucking ripped me off. 
Yeah. It's like, I'm so fucking stupid. You Why have any fucking snake boots you can buy with that much cocaine? All right. Now and then. Then. Oh, no. AOL dings. Oh. And he gets an email from Carlos. Oh. It is a picture of a bag of the cocaine. Get the fuck out of here. How much? Yeah. A lot of it? He shows it to Julian. Okay. And he says, that's the exact same bag. That's it. There's oh 70, 70 pounds, God. 36 keys. So then Carlos hits him up and says, I'm back. Uh, meet me up on Friday. Uh, I'll be in Florida and I'll give you your share of the cocaine. Do we know how many kilos at this time it is in 70. total? 70. 70 kilos in total. No, no. 36 kilos, 70 pounds. Yeah. Because a kilo 36, is like, three, yeah. 36 pounds. 36 yeah. kilos. 36 kilos. Okay. So... Roddy stoked. He's like, dude, I'll fucking be there, man. But then uh, Carlos changes the location. And he says, hey, change of plans. Here's the new location, but you only have 30 minutes to meet me there. Meet me at the KFC on <laughs> Gulf. And anyway, Rodney jumps in his truck and he's flying down the highway, just speeding. All right. And he's pissed because he wants backup just for safety. But Andy's detoxing again. Mm. And D. Danny I, the Cuban, I, I, he can't show up because he's going to I don't want to be a downer, change. but I, I just don't think Andy's ever going to get sober. No. Like, you know what? And that's fine. But he's like, I'm sober now. I'm like, you're not. Anyway, Rodney says, look, man, the spot is like a Bassmasters. And I'll be in aisle 12 looking at a new reel and rod. So he walks in. And sure enough. Uh, Carlos is in the back of the store holding a reel and a rod and then Rodney starts feeling really guilty he was like I can't believe I thought this guy was going to fuck me over and I felt guilty so I gave him a hug and said man I thought you were going to fuck me over but you didn't and I got to say you're just a good dude so Rodney hands him a set of keys and he says your share's in the trunk pull your truck around and put it in All right. so he drives out to the parking lot and he sees this red car and then he pulls his truck up to it. Now, there's one thing that's a little suspicious. There are no other cars in the parking lot. So he grabs, the, he opens the trunk, unzips the bag. It's okay. the same matching bag that Julian said was the bag. And sure enough, it's full of cocaine. Sure. So he grabs the cocaine, walks it over to his truck, biggest smile on his face. And then he looks down at his shirt and it's covered with red dots. Oh, I thought Andy really? was I thought Andy was gonna show up with a four foot lobster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. Boom. There's like twelve dots. And yeah. then he's triangulated by these feds. Yeah. So um at this point, everything crashes down on him. Okay. Now we fast forward six months earlier. D Danny the Cuban. Interesting. AKA skeleton Interesting. mask. Okay. He gets pulled over by the cops one night. Okay, remember okay. D. Danny the Cuban? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets pulled yeah. over by the cops. Yeah. Was he wearing the skeleton mask? <laughs> they didn't show that That's part. I was always thought like they didn't yeah. show that. I was like, is he? So, so yeah. Can you imagine the cops being like, "Sir, can do you mind pulling the skeleton <laughs> yeah. mask off?" Hey, I don't know if you did anything wrong, but you got to take that mask off. Look, it's not safe to drive with a skeleton <laughs> yeah, mask yeah. around this neighborhood. Why'd you pull me over? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, so, according to D. Danny the Cuban, he didn't have anything on him. At the time. So he's like, why are these cops pulling me over? He was like, I wouldn't do anything wrong. But he really had to piss at the time. So the cops pat him down. He's clean. But then another cop says, hey, did you do a full pat down? So according to D. Danny the Cuban, that's when one of the cops just grabbed the nutsack okay. area. The nutsack area. Wait, okay. wait. Was it a female cop? 
They didn't say. I was going to say, I would, if that's what they're going to do, I would just have drugs on my balls all the time so I could get them touched. <laughs> that's only going to work one time. You realize that, right? Yeah, but one good time. All right. So anyway, sure enough, in D. Danny the Cuban's nutsack area. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> the cops find 130 Oxycontin pills. He must oh, have small balls. Oh, Jesus yep. Christ. So the cops cuff him behind his back and put him on the curb. Okay. And according to D. Danny the Cuban, because they're searching the car at this point, he says he was always blessed having small wrists. So he wiggles out of the cuffs wow. and just starts running. Like Billy <laughs> the Kid. Mm -hmm. Love it. So the the cops finally catch up to him, oh, of course. lame. And he's facing his third strike. Oh. So they're like, D. Danny the Cuban's like, man, I'm fucked. I'm going to jail for the rest of my life. But then they say, now listen, if you have some information on your supplier, we will keep you out of jail. He's like, I bought this mask at Target. They're like, not that supplier. <laughs> <laughs> so so D. Danny the Cuban says... Well, what if I told you about a treasure hunt for 32 kilos of cocaine and these hillbilly cops, their ears immediately perk oh, up. Oh, shit. So back to Rodney in the parking lot. He's surrounded by these feds. And then Carlos walks out and throws on his Homeland Security jacket, throws his badge around his neck, and then walks up to him. Fucking narc. Yep. So Rodney makes all the local news, and he ultimately gets popped for possession with intent to distribute five kilograms of cocaine. Huh. So this is where it gets interesting. Huh. Now, Rob, Rodney, he's a good guy. His biggest concern is his family, and he's going to be financially ruined, and so are they if he goes to prison. So his wife finds out and can't believe it because he just kept telling her he was going on fishing trips. Okay? <laughs> three, three different times <laughs> with a crackhead. Did y'all catch anything? <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Rodney has a good point here, though. He says, look, man, if the cops were really onto, onto me, why didn't they just confiscate the treasure map and call it a day instead of letting me go through this whole process? Because you can't, if you're a cop, you can't tell your boss, hey, I got a line on a treasure map. <laughs> That's it. You just can't. So Jamie literally says this is no difference than Adam being in the Garden of Eden and taking a bite of the fruit. Now, when fruit. is all this happening? I will post time post post bust. But like, what year around? Fifteen years after, so I would say 2015, 2016, maybe okay. earlier. Okay. So then we meet these fucking dirty cops and feds. One's name is Ryan McEnany. He's a special yeah, agent. Yeah, like this now with the Home and Security and Joe Rowley. Oh. He's a local detective with the sheriff's office. And they actually reveal the undercover footage of D. Danny the Cuban uh, sitting in Rodney's office discussing plans to bring in Carlos and sell the drugs. And he's like, uh, I hired him to pick up cigarette butts, and he was wearing the mask because it's dusty out here. No, this is D. Danny the Cuban. <laughs> okay. Like so they even had pictures of them in Puerto Rico. Like, they followed them everywhere. Yeah. They were, I think they must have been on the planes with these guys. So... Um, Joe explains the nature of investigating drug, drug traffickers and planes. And he says the goal is to catch the small fish, to flip them on the big fish. Okay. Now these scumbag agents say Rodney isn't your typical fish. He's actually a unicorn because he's never dealt drugs before, which kind of pissed me off. Yeah. Don't call yeah. me a unicorn if I've never sold drugs. Yeah. So then D Danny, the Cuban, he's on camera admitting that Rodney essentially got lucky and the odds were stacked him against against him anyway. 
And remember when I was talking about you earlier about D. Danny the Cuban being a piece of shit? Yep. This is when he's on camera and saying, even if Rodney would have got back, I would have fucking killed him anyway. Right. So this piece of shit yeah. was going to murder him and then flips on him. Yeah. Okay. Piece of shit. So anyway, Russell, remember old Russell? He's the one that started out with the story. He's pissed at D. Danny the Cuban and he calls him a snitch. And he says he needs to go on a one-way grouper trip. I couldn't tell if he said grouper or Groupon. <laughs> so I was like, you need to go on a one-way Groupon yeah. trip. I've never used Groupon, but God damn it. Uh, anyway, then they also, um, you got to remember, Tweaking Andy's involved. <laughs> sure. Okay. So they're trying to get him to flip as well. Oh, great. So then we meet um, Mark Rosenblum. He's Rodney's lawyer. Now, he claims Rodney is a good guy and a victim of entrapment. And he basically got set up and that Rodney doesn't even know how to sell cocaine. Right. Okay. Keep in mind, he didn't even know they doesn't. were called keys. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. So the feds agree, and they even claim Rodney wouldn't have been able to sell a dime bag, which right. would hurt my feelings. You know, sure. I could sell a dime bag. If you, could figure it if out. you included a cigarette yeah. with it. He would have taken so. a large sum of money for a very, very low amount of price, probably. His whole point is this is entrapment. This is ridiculous. You yeah, guys went is, to these extreme lengths. This is a, this but is they low. promised Andy a dime bag of opium. <laughs> They're like, listen, we'll get your fix right now. Like all from a treasure map, essentially. Yeah. Like I have, oh, like some crackhead. Imagine like going to the police with some shit like this. Oh, some crackheads are like, I'll go to treasure. That's what I'm saying. You can't. 60 miles that away. You can't, dude. It's fucking some old cop shit from the 90s. Well, their argument is this. Lieutenant Whitney Burnett from the sheriff's office claims that it wasn't entrapment because he sought out a pilot to bring it back to also distribute it. And that's the crime. Now, keep in mind, he was also pushed into seeking out the pilot by D. Danny, the scumbag Cuban. Yeah. Skeleton mask. Fuck face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So I don't buy. So he's it probably wasn't. a fed. He is a fed, essentially. I mean, he's an informer. Yeah, Might but as that's well how be. they all are. I'm not I mean, the sharpest all... tool in the shed, but I will tell you this. If you meet a guy at a bar that has a skeleton mask on, that's not the guy you want to go to Puerto guy. Rico. Yeah, that's not the guy you want to go to Puerto Rico to dig up fucking 70 keys of Coke. So the man don't, mandatory minimum sentence for a crime like this, getting popped with five kilograms of cocaine, is 10 years. Mm. So Rodney says, I'm going to trial. Fuck this. I'm yeah, not going to play down. I'm not going to take any time. So he goes to trial and he's found guilty. Oh, God. So, I mean, how long, like, Jesus, who was his law lawyer? And she's like, he couldn't prove any. Rosenblum. He argued. He argued. Rosenblum. Okay. okay. You, you know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that's from. What is that from? Is that I, from uh, my cousin, cousin? No, that's from me saying it five minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, that his name is Mark Rosenblum. <laughs> ah, and yeah. you got baked and you couldn't remember. Sorry, Rosenblum. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Now, here's so many names. Here's the, that's what I tell everybody when they listen to the show. You got to yeah. pay attention. I try and make it as easy as possible. Now, they, they introduce us to Judge Tim Corrigan. Now, he's the one that is in charge of the sentencing. And he says this case reminded him of a combination between Walter Mitty and Breaking Bad. Now, he explains that normally he would have to give um, Rodney 120 months, but there's what's known as a safety valve clause within the law, which means if you have no priors, you're not a first-time offender, and you meet other sentencing factors, the minimum sentence is waived. And that's exactly what he did. He waived mm. the entire sentence. Yeah. So he does give him 60 days in jail okay. and five years probation. Cool. Oh, God. Dude, I would have done this too if I yeah, knew. I know, five years. I would have taken oh. the risk if I would have known that was the case. 
That f- that's yeah. The only gets. reason, the only reason I haven't done anything like this, I'm afraid of getting butt fucked in prison. Take the time, no probation ever. Try to take as little probation as possible. That's all I. That's all I say because the probation will fucks you. Well, yeah, because you'll get caught again. Yeah. Oh man, it's bad. So his wife stood by him the whole time, and as soon as they get out, he gives her a big kiss, and he says, "You know, later on in life and being married, what you miss are the kisses." Yeah, you know the hammocks. So, <laughs> And he's also uh, assigned to 20 hours a week of community service, working for Habitat for Humanity for five years. So there is some good that came out of all this situation because Rodney actually feels good about what he does, building houses for people in need. And But he could have got him coked up and been paid for years. Yeah, but, you know... Um, this scumbag D. Danny the Cuban comes back in and he's got harsh words regarding Rodney. He says it's all Rodney's fault and he needs to be accountable for his action, which in hindsight makes a lot of sense, uh, you know, why he's responsible for wearing the skeleton mask throughout this fucking documentary. Yeah. Because if he didn't, I'm sure everybody that watched it would want to fucking kill him. Yeah. So Rodney. Do have a voice modulator like no, we do? No, but f- D. Danny the Cuban, if you're listening to this, you're a fucking snake. Yeah. Fuck you. And fuck your skeleton mask. Seriously, it's terrible. <laughs> so, um, and passion, dude. D. Danny the Cuban was never arrested, and he claims that anybody in America can make it if they work hard, even drug dealers. So we finally get Good to meet message for the kids. Yeah, we finally get to meet Julian at the very end of this. Okay, and um, he's like I said, he's self sufficient. He's got a little mobile trailer. He grows vegetables. He's got oh. his own garden. Oh, you know. Um, and he says, you know what? This is no longer my story. It's Rodney's story. He just mm. has drugs all the time. That's how he gets some money from. <laughs> well, Rodney is certain that the cocaine was never found by the DEA. Right. That's okay. what I think. Also. This is where they get a little weird with the storytelling. Because yeah. my first question was, they did they it. dig up the cocaine? Right. So the DEA claims they didn't have the necessary photographic uh, equipment at the time to take a picture of it. So the only picture they had was the one that they took with a, a cell phone camera. Sure. And that was the piece of evidence that was introduced at trial. But they don't think it matches up with the same picture that Carlos got to Rodney in the email. It could have been an Amazon box or testicles or pretty much anything. Interesting. Yeah. So the feds stand by their story and they claim they found it and Crooked presented the actual evidence at the trial. So then the, uh, Theo, the director, says, so, so he's talking to the feds. He said, we don't know. I guess the feeling is nobody knows if you really got the cocaine. So he says, what would you say to people watching this? Should they go down and try and dig up the cocaine? And these feds are like, no, don't even bother. I'd be like, well, why am I on probation? <laughs> <laughs> so then according to Andy, there's only three possible things that could have happened. They snorted it all. <laughs> Julian was lying the whole time and there was never any cocaine. Uh, the feds dug it up and they stole it or sold it or the cocaine is still in the ground. So what I would say to our listeners is if you're feeling frisky and you want to go take a look for yourself, the coordinates are 18.308281 degrees north and minus 6.5.28265 degrees west. And that is on the fucking point. So look, bring a shovel, look, bring a shovel and a tweaker, and you'll you could find there's it. There's nothing there. Well, keep in mind there were only, he was only charged for five kilos. Whose, whose property is that? It's Puerto Rico. There's no property lines. 
I don't know. My friends bought land in Puerto Rico. It's we could make a documentary, guys. Fishing like, game. Honest, it's we fish could make game. up a great story and make a documentary. So the fishing game people were right to the left. But you I mean, know they had a shovel. It, it, like in all honesty, yeah, that's not true because the feds got involved, and this is like something's crazier. Yeah, they like I feel like this this poor guy who's crazy. Just got taken advantage of by a drug uh, He dealer just wanted to make some quick money. By lying he wasn't crazy. To the feds. No, he was just a regular dude. Like, yeah. So oh, you're saying the guy, uh, D. Danny the Cuban, just made up the entire yeah. story? No, my, well, well, not that. But so, well, where the fuck did he, the drugs come from? He's like, you no, know. but the D. Danny was told about the drugs by who? By Rodney. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Rodney. In the hippie told Rodney. So yeah. Rodney is, so or in the hippie told Rodney. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then the hippies. So but that's what I'm saying. It's like I think he. You think it. Julian's the dirty rat in this whole thing that set up Rodney? No, no, for no. What? I know. I think the only reason the feds got involved in this was because of that D. Danny guy was in some other shit. Yeah, of and course. Me, Follow so, the money and who why, who gains. But why go and to this length to fuck over this normal guy? Because that's what I'm e- saying. Dude. Exactly, it's easy to no, pin it on. You're him. missing the bigger problem. Why? Because now they have thirty grams or thirty kilos of cocaine. They can sell for money. Yeah, the feds fucking made out like bandits. Probably, I mean, there's only he was only charged for five kilos. Where did the other somebody, thirty-one kilos? Somebody go? has to fund the contras. That's what I'm saying. It's probably funding some bullshit. So I, I bet he wasn't even looking at five kilos. I bet he was only looking at like fucking Sandinistas, couple ounces. Oh my god, I got five kilos here. Right. Well, keep in mind he wasn't very good with the math. Yeah. Or, you know, shapes. the fingers probably. Yeah. yeah, there's probably like five hundred kilos. He just didn't know. Let's get to the bigger questions. Um, what'd you think? I, I honestly, it, the guy was so nice, and like the story was, it, I gave it four dockings. I loved it. It was it's entertaining. It's fun. Um, I, I as Dave said, I don't know what really happened, but I do think it was a true story. I do. I'm thinking about it because like I really hate D. Danny the Cuban. Yeah, like I fucking despise this guy. But That's they did good. It gave you a visceral reaction. To yeah, something. but they didn't tell me what to think. So here's <laughs> the thing. I mean, they're hey. not. Nobody's saying like. Fuck this guy. He's the real. There's no piece resolution. Of- <laughs> yeah. There's no resolution for him. It feels like it feels like he kind of got away with all this. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. He's a fucking oxycodone dealer. Because he's probably a Fed. He's or probably like a Fed or too. You're right. You're right. Um. I, here's the thing. I or protected somehow. I I'm a little. I'm not gonna go four dockings, but I'd say three. Uh, it's entertaining. Um. It's definitely worth watching. Definitely. I would like to know if any of our listeners uh, go out and try and find it. Maybe we have one down <laughs> oh, in Puerto shit. Rico. Or if y'all just right have now. Coke on you now. Just geotag <laughs> it with one of those yeah. gay little geo things, and that's it. Yeah. You're done with it. Anyway, that's Down on the Docks, episode 11. Guys, if you like the episode, please rate and review on iTunes. Leave us a message. The only way I'm going to keep my job. Yep. Join our Discord. Yep, it's that's another way I'll keep we my job. We changed the Discord channel from Welcome to Chris Neff's new best friend. <laughs> yes, so, yes, we did. So if yes, you want to become my best friend, all you got to do is join the Discord. Dustin yeah. goes in there, and of course, we have amazing memes. And a bunch uh, of simps. Uh, we're always grateful to uh, Retard Sexual Blowtorch 68 yeah. for helping us out with that stuff. And um, we've decided, I believe it's every fifth show, we're going to do an official uh, uh, requested... Review. Doc, yeah, so not review. Yes, if yes, you want yep, and you can put, you can reach out to Twitter down on the docs pod or Instagram it down on the docs pod to leave those or at the Discord. And as always, you can email us at down on the docs pod at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great night.